Welcome to my house. Welcome to the Structure Talk podcast, a production of Structure Tech Home Inspections. My name is Ruben Saltzman. I'm your host, alongside building science geek, Tessa Murray. We help home inspectors up their game through education, and we help homeowners to be better stewards of their houses. We've been keeping it real on this podcast since 2019, and we are also the number one home inspection podcast in the world, according to my mom. All right, welcome back to another episode. Tessa, we got a juicy one today. This is all about insulation scams. And we talked a little bit about the show. Well, we talked about it last week, about what we're going to get into. You teased it a little bit. We teased it, and I'll kind of tee it up here. We had a real estate agent who follows our blog reach out to us and say, hey, just wondering if you ever heard of this company, and I'm not going to say the name of the company, but... This particular insulation company came out and gave my relatives a quote for $11,000 to redo the insulation at their house. Because apparently these people attended some free dinner and the insulation contractor said, okay, well, you got to schedule an appointment with us within the next day while you're at the dinner so we can come out and give you a quote. And then they had the people come out and give them the quote. They didn't go in the attic. And they quoted them 11000 to fix all their insulation issues. And they said, but you got to buy it right now because otherwise the prices go up tomorrow. <laughs> and they, they were selling insulation and air sealing. So they, they did check those boxes. They said they're going to do that. But they're also selling a product called multi-layer insulation. And they're selling solar-powered attic fans. And all of this is supposed to fix ice dams. So Tess, I want to dissect all of these different elements with you and get your thoughts on all of this because I'm sure you have a lot. Well, as you were telling that story, I just, there are so many red flags, first of all. I mean, the first one is that this company had a free, had a free dinner, you said, for people? What's wrong with free dinner, Tess? You don't like free dinner? (laughs) There is no such thing as a free dinner, Ruben, but I've never heard of a insulation contractor taking people out to dinner and then telling them that they needed to book a private meeting with them to get a quote later. That's a little bit uh, alarming. And then I think you said they didn't even go in the attic. Is that they didn't go true? in the attic. Okay. <laughs> I was When you said $11,000 initially, I was like, okay, that's a lot of money. But it can take a lot of money to re-insulate or insulate an attic properly, depending on the size of the attic and the scope of work. I mean, if you've got a, a complicated attic or a big attic and you're talking about like starting over, removing all the existing insulation, putting down like, you know, close cell spray foam, a couple inches of that, and then blowing in more insulation, like that can cost a lot of money. So I wasn't initially, like you said, 11,000, like, okay, that's a lot, but let's hear what the product is or what they're doing. But what is this multi-level, what did you call it? Multi-layer insulation? What is that? Multi-layer insulation. It's a radiant barrier, also known as bubble wrap with foil on it. Oh, I also have seen known, that stuff before. Yes. Also known as snake oil foil. <laughs> no, I made that up. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I know what you're talking about. It's that really thin, like kind of crunchy layer of shiny bubble wrap. Yes. Looks like it's got aluminum foil. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I'm walking away and I'm coming it, back onto the screen now. I used to get deliveries from HelloFresh. And yeah. they would have a cardboard box with, with this uh, food bag in there. And the bag would be made out of bubble wrap. 
and with, with foil on it. And you know that I, looks I'm, like it. Yeah, I'm sure it did a decent job of preventing radiant heat from entering my package. Like if they set it outside on a on a really hot day, it's gonna prevent radiant heat from coming through but this is not insulation no it's it's like what a quarter of an inch thick a half inch thick you know okay so in some climates where there's a ton of solar heat gain in attic spaces from the sun hitting the roof like you know i'm thinking the south or places that are really sunny you know i could get on board with the idea of installing radiant barriers and actually i think code requires some type of radiant barrier in some places and i know when i was building houses in florida like the the roof sheathing the osb actually has an integrated radiant barrier Hmm. on the underside of it sure to help reflect out some of that sunlight and the heat, you know, prevent the attic from getting really hot. But here in Minnesota, a radiant barrier is, should not be the main focus of why we insulate. There's heat transfer through conduction and convection and number one through like air leakage, just the, you know, the gaps and the spaces that connect the conditioned space to the unconditioned attic space and all those pathways for, you know, warm air to, to leak into the attic need to be air sealed. And just putting a layer of this bubble wrap down is not going to help that problem. No, it's it's just about useless. And I, I remember this came up because I had somebody reach out to me about a decade ago. It was the exact same story. And I had never even heard of this stuff at that time. So I did a bunch of research on it, talked with some smart people Mm -hmm. in the energy field. I didn't know you at the time or you would have been my first call, but talked to some smart people in the energy field and they're like, no, this is a joke. Yeah. You do not use this in Minnesota. Like you said, it's got some value. Maybe if you get in some Southern climates and even the Minnesota Department of Commerce came out with a public service announcement saying, watch out for people selling these radiant barriers. There's wow. a study done by Oak Ridge National Laboratory mm-hmm. saying, if you're in a cold climate like Minnesota, if you put this stuff in, you've got the potential to save somewhere between about 35 to $50 a year if, if you have ductwork in your attic. Oh my gosh. Wow. But if if you don't have ductwork in your attic, that number goes down to maybe about $5 a year. And how many houses have ductwork in the attic in Minnesota? Not very many. Like 5% maybe? I I was going to say 5%. Yeah, something like that. One out of 20, one out of 25. Not many. I think that's generous. I do too. I think it's less than one. So you said $5 a year maybe? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) That's being <laughs> And this stuff costs thousands of thousands. dollars to install. Wow. So you will never you, break even. You know what? Um, so I know what product you're talking about. And when I worked in weatherization, I think was the first time I encountered it in someone's attic. And actually it had been installed on top of all of the hodgepodge existing insulation that was up there. There's like two or three different types of insulation. They had like some fiberglass baths. They had some blown fiberglass. And this stuff was just kind of like laid on top of all of that. (laughs) I don't think that's bad. I mean, I don't know how it's supposed to be installed. Is that a bad thing? I mean, I guess I don't. I don't really know for sure how it's supposed to be installed, but I would think if it's a radiant barrier, are you trying to keep the solar heat gain out of the attic? If that's the case, like the underside of the roof decking or the top of the insulation. But if you're trying to keep the heat in the house with like a radiant barrier, you'd want that insulation like touching the 
the interior, like the the sheetrock, I would think. Yeah. So huh. which way are we trying to radiate, you know, prevent heat loss or keep heat loss? And I'm not sure. I don't know how well, that Well, what's the big problem in Minnesota? Is our challenge to heat our houses or to cool them? Yeah. That makes sense. So then in that case, it would be installed underneath all the existing insulation and against the sheetrock, you would think. That was not done. And also, I was just thinking too, I mean, that uh, foil is not, it could potentially trap any moisture. So if you've got air leaks and the company's just putting on top of everything that's already there, they're not digging down through all that existing insulation and air sealing and sealing up those pathways for the air. Most I'm, likely. I'm hoping they are for $11,000, but I don't know. I would I would be surprised. And also, they're, they're saying that they're going to do air sealing without even going into the attic. Some of these houses have attic spaces that are not physically accessible to seal attic bypasses. Yeah. Like just, you know, the attic space gets really small. Or you've got dormers. You've got slant areas where you can't physically reach the attic bypasses to seal them. And they're quoting these people that they're going to seal attic bypasses. That, I mean, that's a red flag in and of itself. But but anyways, I mean, this this material, you'd think it could potentially trap some moisture. You could get some condensation on the underside of it, potentially. Potentially, sure. And you could have some moisture issues up there because of it. So, and it's compressing the fluffy insulation that was already up there. So I, I, I don't know. I see more cons than than pros to this. Yep. I'm with you. Not and a fan. Still, the thing that's frustrating is it's still out there and it's still being, you know, people are still selling it because it's it's been around for a while. I don't know how long, but like I said, like you said, you saw it 10 years ago, you heard about it 10 years ago, and that's probably about the time I encountered it too. So it's- It man. comes and goes. It, and yeah. we're going to hear about this in another decade, I bet. <laughs> I <laughs> hope not. Okay. So what about the last one? Attic fans. Yes, you meant okay. So attic fans too. You've written blogs about this, Ruben. And attic fans are not necessarily a bad thing. Um, they can be good, but in our harsh climate in Minnesota, that's primarily heating climate. If you have an attic that has these attic bypasses in it, then these attic fans can actually create more problems because they're sucking air from the attic space or from anywhere, creating a negative well, pressure. And let's right? you know what, let's define the attic fan because. You know, I've, yeah. I've joked that when I make my dream house, I'm going to have a whole house fan, which yeah. is not the same as one of these attic fans. So let's no. let's talk about what an attic what fan an attic is. fan is. So I think you're talking about like an actual fan that gets installed on the roof, yeah. right? That pulls air out of the attic space exactly. and exhausts it to the outside. Okay, yep. so yeah, thank you for rewinding there for a second and defining that. And in theory, if you've got a perfectly air sealed attic floor and you've got really good intake ventilation along the eaves, or maybe you've got, you know, other vents installed in gables and you put on this, you know, high powered attic fan in the roof. In theory, that can help cool off the attic. If it's really hot outside, you're pulling in outside air, which is going to be cooler and it's, you know, being exhausted through these attic vents. And so you get this air circulation that you want to have. But in reality, ninety-nine <laughs> percent of the houses we see do not have a perfectly air-sealed attic to house connection, and so there's you know these pathways for conditioned air from the house to be sucked into the attic when you put a fan on on you know the roof deck that creates this negative pressure and pulls that conditioned air from the house into the attic. Yes. Instead of pulling it from the soffits, and so you actually you know 
it can be more expensive to heat and cool your house and create comfort issues. Because if it's really hot outside, you're air conditioning your house, you put on this big attic fan and it sucks air, fr- condition air from your house, you're pulling in. Now you're pulling in hot, humid air to replace the condition air that's being pulled into your attic. Yes. Yes, if that makes exactly. sense. It's like, and, yeah, think about all this air that's being pulled out of the attic needs to be replaced with something. And so it's being replaced with hot, humid air. So you might be cooling off your attic, but you're paying a lot of money to cool it off with your conditioned air. And for what? For what? For for pulling in more hot, humid air into your house. So that's that's not an efficient, good way of trying to cool the temperature off in your attic. And I guess in the in the winter time, it could actually create problems too. Test before we get into winter. I want to finish with summer because yeah, I know there's going to be a devil's advocate out there who's going to say, but wait, if you're having the insulation contractor come out, they're going to air seal everything. So it is going to be that one out of a hundred where it's all perfectly air sealed. And all you're going to do is pulling air from the soffit vents. I got to touch on that too, Tess, because yeah. okay, you've perfectly air sealed everything. You've brought it up to R60 or whatever in the attic. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to argue with the devil's advocate here. And I'm going to say, if you've got that situation, that heat in your attic is not affecting the rest of the house. It's not going to make any difference. You've insulated to the max. You're fine. Not only that, but what about, what about the life of your shingles? You might have just going to bring that up too. Joe Stebrook talked about that at that conference that you and I just watched online and yeah. he made it really clear. Ventilation is not going to make a roof last any longer. When you got traditional asphalt shingles, ventilation is going to affect the temperature of those shingles by a few degrees. That's it. And the color of the shingle is going to actually make a bigger difference than how much ventilation you have going through that. That'll make a bigger difference. That was a that was kind of a, a shocking realization for me to hear him say that. You know, the attic ventilation doesn't have that big of an impact on the temperature. Yes. And really, if you want to, if you, you know, want to decrease the potential temperature in your attic, then choose a lighter colored shingle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. That, that was interesting. Very interesting. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's in summertime, but wintertime when it's cold, when it's cold outside, these attic fans, if they're running, they can pull that warm air from your house into the attic through these attic bypasses. Yep. And actually, increase the temperature of your attic, which increases the temperature of the roof decking, which then in turn melts the snow, which leads to the ice dam problem. So I've seen so many houses where they've got these fans that are pulling, you know, air from the attic from the house and these attics are warmer and they have bigger ice dam problems. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Devil's advocate again. Tess, what if you air seal your attic? What if it's completely air sealed and you have tons of insulation up there and it's only going to pull in air from the soffits? Now what? What do you have to say to that? I mean, okay, but still you probably don't really need all of that negative pressure and that that suction to allow the airflow. You're still going to just a normal soffit in a roof passive roof vent or turtle vent is going to be just fine. Yes, I'm totally with you. At that point, you don't need it. You don't need it. It's pointless. And Tessa, I haven't seen this before, but they're they're advertising these solar fans. You know, there's no electricity going to it. It's just, it's got a little- uh, Solar-powered roof fan. Okay. So how do those work in the winter? I mean, don't they get covered Uh, with snow and not work? I don't know. I have no clue. And I, 
I don't know about all of the models out there, but I did a little bit of Googling and I looked up some user manuals for a few different solar powered attic fans. And on all of them, they're thermostatically controlled where you set it to go off at a certain temperature, like maybe 120, 130, 140. That's the trigger point to get it to turn on. I haven't found one that has a trigger point to go on at a low temperature. Have you? Right. No. So it's only going to be running then potentially in the summertime? Well, that, that's that's I, always been my understanding of it. It's, huh. it's not to say I know about every model out there. There may yeah. be models that do this. I'm ignorant to that, but I've only well, ever seen them that go the other way. You know what? I guess that's a good thing if you're someone who installed one of these or um, has one of these solar-powered attic fans because then you're saving money in the wintertime because – if it was triggered to go on in the wintertime, then you're actually pulling that warm conditioning air from your house into the attic space. And then in turn, you're pulling in cold outside air into your house. So if that fan is not running, hopefully <laughs> that air exchange, that heat loss is also reduced. But I don't know for sure. Either way, I would say it's probably not a good idea to have one of those installed. I, I think so too. But Tess, you're going to love this here. I'm going to. Maybe I'm taking this a step too far, but I'm going to go on their website and I want to read to you what they say about installing solar fans. Okay. It says it's going to provide a constant steady airflow throughout your attic. And as a result, stale warm air is vented out, giving more room for fresh cool air, also known as air exchange. A properly ventilated attic will reduce your energy costs and reduce the temperature in your home in the summer. And keep your home warmer in the winter. Oh, so many things wrong with that statement. Okay. I just had to read that for you. Okay. So I, many things wrong. I thought wrong you would with enjoy that. that. Oh, yeah. all right. It hurts. Well, <laughs> it hurts to hear that. Yep. Yep. Okay. So what what else what else do we have here, Jess? What about the cost? I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pry these numbers out of you, but I'm gonna try anyway. They, they I may not 11, be able to answer this. You're not going <laughs> to want to. You're going to say it depends. But so they quoted eleven thousand dollars. I don't know the size of this home, but you know something told me it was like an average size home. And I'm just thinking down in Bloomington. I'm thinking about all these Bloomington Ramblers. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, you take a traditional Bloomington Rambler, two thousand square foot Rambler. It means that you've got one thousand one thousand square foot footprint. And then you've got another thousand finished square feet in the basement, something like that. So really what that equates to is about 1,000 feet of attic space. Yeah. Are we, we're in agreement there? Okay. Yeah. Good rule of thumb, not a hard and fast rule, but just something to think about when you're having this project done. And I've run this by a lot of different insulation contractors yeah. is you should expect to spend somewhere in the neighborhood of about 2 to $4 a square foot to have air sealing and more insulation added. Does that Is sound that reasonable? an updated price as of like 2023? As of 2022. I, okay. I haven't talked to anybody this year, but I did talk to a contractor last okay. year yeah. who did Heather's house, if you remember that project. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he said, yeah, that's right in the right range. He he said, yeah, we're probably around $3 a square foot. Wow. Okay. So so we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of two to $4,000 to 
to air seal and insulate this attic. And we're getting wow. a quarter at 11,000. That's just painful. I, you know, and that's the problem with this, with this industry is like, you know, a lot of homeowners don't understand just the physics of heat and airflow and, and don't know kind of, you know, how an attic works and what the venting is for and air sealing and energy efficiency and all of that. And so they, they look to these, you know, quote unquote experts to help them navigate what their house needs. And then they get sold not only worthless stuff, but things that could actually, you know, harm the the functioning of their house or the durability or the energy efficiency, decrease yeah. it. So that's really, really frustrating. Yeah. Agreed. So Tess, if somebody has problems with their attic and a lot of people had problems with their attic, a lot of problems with the roof, a lot of ice dams this year. I yeah. Somebody say it was like the third snowiest year we've ever seen in Minnesota. So a lot yes. of people are trying to fix their attics. How would you go about finding a good insulation contractor? Gosh, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. I think, gosh, I mean, and we have, I haven't answered that question this way before, but I'd say, you know, ask people that you trust that have had work done in their house that have had good work done and see who they've used. I know that Structure Tech has a list of recommended contractors that we've vetted over the years and, and that list is always being updated and changed. And so you can reach out to Structure Tech. And then also there's a, a Minnesota Building Performance Association. They're a, a nonprofit that's in Minnesota that that has a list of different contractors in, in the metro area in, in Minnesota that does air sealing work and insulation work. And they can even do diagnostic testing stuff like floor doors and infrared and stuff like that. So that's another good resource. Yeah. Am I missing anything? You know, I don't think so. And I mean, the one I kind of had in the back of my mind was MBPA, Minnesota mm-hmm. Building Performance. Performance Association. I've been, uh, Structure Tech used to be a member. We were a member yeah. for many years and I've been yeah. to a lot of their meetings and educational seminars and I've met some really smart insulation contractors there. So yeah. I think that is a great starting point if you're in Minnesota. Yeah, agreed. And I'd say if you're, you know, you're meeting with different contractors, always get a, a few different bids. We say three, three different bids. Try to look at the the scope of work to see, you know, is it apples to apples that you're getting quoted or are the bids different? And if they're different, why? And make sure that that, you know, insulation contractor is talking about air sealing in addition to just adding insulation. They really yep. need to be talking about that. You know, should be able to discuss any potential questions you have about indoor air quality concerns or additional ventilation or even combustion safety is part of part of this process too. Once you tighten up your house and you do air sealing in the attic, it can affect how your natural draft combustion appliances function and it can create problems yes. potentially, especially yep. if you're adding some type of mechanical ventilation to your house, like bath fans, which you might need after you tighten up your house and it's yeah. not leaking as much anymore. One thing leads to another. You start with air sealing your attic, then you need to add bath fans, then you need to then you need to address your combustion safety issues. So a good insulation contractor understands how all those different systems work together. And how when you change one thing, you you could potentially impact 
another system unintentionally. Yes, yes. and that's so, a great point, Tess, because yeah. a lot of the time, homeowners will talk to an insulation contractor. The contractor will say, well, we need to look at this other stuff. We need to look at ventilation. We need to think about your combustion appliances. And then homeowners start to feel like, I just hired you to do this, and now you're selling me all this stuff I don't need. This is a scam. Yeah. and. It's quite the opposite. No, these are the people who really understand their job. If they're yeah. talking to you about that stuff, that stuff is important. Yes. Foil insulation and attic fans are worthless. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the moral of the story. Yeah. 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 All right. Wow. Cool. Well, you're going to be writing a blog about this, I'm sure, right? And you'll have yes. pictures. Yes. And- I've, been, I've been working on it already. I may even have the blog posted before this podcast. I'm not Great. sure. But it'll, it'll come out right around the same time. Right. Very helpful and informative information, Ruben. Thank you for bringing this to the public's attention. <laughs> Thank you for weighing in on it, Tess. I appreciate your expertise. You are a, Man. Uh, you are a good person to talk about this stuff with. Yeah, same. Back at you. And now I'm going to have to go kind of walk it off. <laughs> 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 All right. That sounds good. Well, thanks again, Tess. Great to see you. And yep. good to we'll see, see you, you next too. week.